Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined as usual by Aaron Keller, your co-host. And today we have two awesome guests. They're they're almost regulars. They've been here before. Um, Jim Woods and Rob Laurie. 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 I say it wrong yeah. every time. <laughs> Rob Laurie. Yeah. Um, both of you are heavily involved with the Lahontan Audubon Society and your your birders you're known in the birding world so um bird nerds bird nerds (laughs) yeah that's a good way to put it (laughs) so um rob last time we had you i think it was a year ago we had both of you for the christmas yep and you were about to break a record which you have since broken so can you tell us what that is well, the the number of birds seen in nevada in one year i was able to exceed the previous hide number so i ended up with 332 species of birds in nevada for 2018 i got my last two on december 28th which oh broke the record so that was shortly after we saw you yeah last. just a couple of weeks after yeah right after christmas Very exciting yeah. and what were the record breakers what were the uh, two the you 331 was a grubel ani down in las vegas at the wash and then um, I didn't get a really good look at it. That's the one that broke the record. And I really didn't get a good look at it. And I was kind of disappointed that was going to be the look for the record breaker. And I came back the next morning and met a friend down there. And uh, he got there before me. And we met up where I had the Ani the day before. And he said uh, something about the rusty blackbird he just had up the river. And I said, wait, rusty blackbird? He goes, uh-huh. yeah. I said, just a few minutes ago? Yeah, right up there. So I'll be right back. So I went up and was able to see two of them, and that was a 330 seconds. So it made me feel better that I had a good look at a good bird. To it uh, really counts. <laughs> yeah, way. yeah. Rather yeah. than the, <laughs> the 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 poor uh, the poor look that I had at the Yanni. it was enough to know that's what it was. But yeah, you want a better look than exactly. what I had to be the record breaker, so to speak. Very cool. So yeah. when we say bird nerds, we're not joking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> And so did you see, did you find birds all year? Yeah. All 12 months? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's a yeah, 12 month adventure. That's awesome. Yeah. I lost my job in May of 2018 and had a decent severance package that paid me through the summer. So I spent some time over the summer birding and then come September I was doing pretty good. And my wife was the one that was really egging me on to go for it. And so I did and. Once I got to a point where it was within sight, within reach, then I just kept going. Very cool. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, with her, with her pushing me. Yeah, she's not here today. No, not today. She she's comes working in right sometimes. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I give her the most credit. I had a whole different experience. You know, when I lost my job, they threw a cardboard box on my my desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did that with me too. I come right in with the the cart and wi- on the wheels and the boxes and. You got five minutes to get your desk cleared off. <laughs> oh <laughs> that was about gosh. right. Yeah. You made good use of that, though. That's yeah. <laughs> when really life gives did. you lemon, you make lemonade. That's yeah. very true. So, Jim, are you going to try and break 
Rob's record? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I break no record. Um, yeah. I'm the class B minus personality <laughs> that goes birdie. But you have been very busy. You always plan. Um, you always plan the which Christmas bird count? You're Minden. I'm the Minden yes. Christmas bird count. And the other thing that keeps me busy this time of year is the Eagles and Ag Festival is coming up at the end of January down in uh, Minden Gardnerville. So, uh, yeah, I keep myself moving around. And then Rob and I have put together this other thing, that feathered and furred of Carson Valley. Yeah, it's uh, it's turned into a real, we're selling out every time we put on that program. Well, so since we're talking about it, what exact, could you give us a little summary of what it is for those who don't know? Uh, the, the short summary is, is that I am interested in adult education. I want to speak to the old folks. They're the ones that impact the environment and the habitat and all of that. Uh, typically, we've been running our birding uh, programs to the school-age uh, children. Right. And in doing that, well, that's all well and good, but you're displaced by the guy with the slinky that comes in right behind you. Oh, then okay. all of a sudden, they lost all their bird knowledge, and they turn into slinky. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I went off to the adult side and uh, working with Nature Conservancy primarily on the River Fork Ranch outside of Genoa. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, they have a whole operation over there. So we said, hey, let's That's just go awesome. ahead, talk about birds and talk about wildlife. Nobody wants to talk about raccoons. Why not? Yeah, that you I know? mean, we know it more than anyone that um, exactly. it's extremely important. Kids, it is important, but also... To educate the kids, but also it is important to reach those adults. And sometimes well, it's, we it's amazing to me that, that when you, like I uh, participated with one with Jim last Thursday, is that things that might seem common knowledge to you and I from a mm-hmm. wildlife standpoint, the number of adults that don't have an idea of that's what's going on or not going on. So you educate them in that way. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that really blows my mind is, is the... You know, when when it's something you lived with and done most of your life, you th- you just kind of assume that well, everybody knows that. Everyone knows and that. And the fact is, no, not everybody does know that. Right. Actually, in my two years here, I came here with not a whole lot of wildlife background, and um, since I've been here now, there's things that I deal with every day that I feel like everyone should just know. Yeah. And so I'll talk to people, and they're like, "We don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Talk about. Like, yeah. who have you become?" Yeah. So I totally can see that. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, well, back to those Christmas bird counts. So we have the Minden one coming up. When is yeah, that Yeah, the one? Minden will be held on uh, uh, January 5th, last day of the national count. So uh, we, I, I pushed myself right to the end. But what I like is that in the migration has taken over. The, the winter has set in on the northern states. So we're going to get all the birds into Nevada in January we'll see a large population of migrants going through. Yeah. So that's what I set it up for because the Carson Valley was noted for raptors primarily. Everyone would go down and say there's a there's a raptor or a hawk or, or a falcon on every uh, telephone pole out there. Well, there's a reason for that. And it's because the snow has now come all the way down through Idaho and northern Nevada. And we're the first place where you get snow break headed south into Arizona and on down into Mexico. So the migrants, they're no, you know, the migrant birds are just no no fools. They see food on the ground or the ability to get food off the ground, and it's not buried in snow, so down they come. 
right yeah. our our little valleys here smith you know mason going on down fallon picks them up uh you know we're right on the edge of that uh that hard winter line and the uh christmas bird count for uh for Mendo was put together by a guy named jack walters and you work with national audubon and you determine a center for a 15 mile diameter circle well he did it but he never actuated it he never held a bird count on it so uh, rob had he established the one for carson city as well and rob was running his like a bandit mm-hmm. and then I I was talking to a couple of guys and they said, "Hey, there is a Minden Circle. Why don't you run run that thing?" So you so just I got it up and yeah. going yeah. again, like so you Jack had Walters. It. You know, he just wanted to hear. He was an excellent birder, wrote a couple of excellent books, and put together these circles that Rob and I are now operating. Very on. cool. Mm. Yeah, so I believe he's the one that started the Carson City Circle too, right, Jack? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that was Jack back in 1983. That. Wow. And we have one down in Woodford's. He started one down in oh, Woodford's. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. It's across the line. It's over in yeah, uh, California. Just, yeah. So there's multiple count, count circles all through oh, the valley. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, really through the state. Yeah, through the state. And I'll throw this out there at the end, but um, Lahontan Audubon Society, head to their website, and all of the different bird counts are listed. Yep. There's a ton of them happening all the way through, I mean, January. Yours is the last I'm one, right? The last yeah, one. the count period is December 14th and January 5th. So that's what the National Audubon establishes. So all the various circles that are done have to be done between that, that, those, that period. So the 14th through the January 5th. And then, Rob, you do the Carson City one, which actually might be happening as some people are listening to this yeah. right now. Yeah, Sunday, um, December 15th. Okay. And um, so could you guys explain what exactly we keep talking about it? For people that don't know, what is the Christmas bird count? Uh, it started in 1900. Uh, before that time, the Christmas was kind of a tradition where they went out and uh, people went out and did side hunts, it was called. So it was a contest to go out and see how many animals you can shoot and kill and whoever shot the most furred and feathered beasties, uh, won. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a gentleman named Frank Chapman at that time, uh, had enough, uh, rec- was able to recognize the impact it was having on populations. So he came up with the idea, well, other than shooting them, let's count them. So that was the first Christmas bird count was in 1900, was established by Frank Chapman. So we'll be, s- we'll be doing the 120th version of that this year. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and the data is used by various uh, organizations and research to establish trends and uh, such population trends, upticks, declines, and such of different species on a on a you know local, regional, and a more national level. And this is where we get most of that. We get a lot data of data yeah, out of there. Data. Bird counts and yeah. Very cool. So, you Rob, you have one. You're helping organize. Jim, you got one. What do people need to do to get out to these? Well, we we typically uh, send out emails to all our known birder mm-hmm. uh, buddies, and uh, I've been fortunate to now start pushing on the Hot Audubon Society and the uh, Nature Conservancy to start using their databases to get the word out. So one thing you mentioned the uh, the decrease loss in the population of birds across the United States. It's one of the things that's lit up their their base. You know, mm-hmm. we always worried about our bases. That base is really lighting up because everyone's wondering what is happening with the birds. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we doing to our environment or to their environment that they can't survive in it? And uh, 
as a result, you, you're seeing these major conservation organizations are starting to turn around and look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been arguing this climate change thing for forever and a day. Well, now you're seeing some real dropouts and problems caused by it. Exactly. So, so somebody that wants to come to the bird count, what do they need to bring? Or what do they need to plan for? For the day, they got to come with a good attitude. Okay, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I, I tell you, I'm the I'm the laid back guy. So yeah, just come to get ready and have some fun. We'll drive around the uh, the circle, uh, bring some binoculars, uh, bring a pencil. Okay, uh, and we'll just be look at the bird. If you can identify it, fine. If not, we'll have you hooked up with somebody that can. Yeah, and we'll count that bird and just keep on moving. Okay. And bring your favorite uh, bird guy too, if you have one. Yeah. Yeah. Book, not Gosh, a person. Gosh, yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> yeah. like a, a bird guide. <laughs> I'm their <laughs> favorite bird guide. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's what you guys were there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so when you show up, you are paired. I remember you have explained this before. You show up and you're split into different groups, everyone who's there. Mm-hmm. And then each group has a bird. A, a better a, bird a or be- a more experienced <laughs> yeah. birder. And then uh, based on the person's level or experience, and birding, you know, based on what they tell you, then we'll we'll uh, put them in a group where um, it, it'll, you know, they'll they'll fit right in. So uh, anybody from the so-called expert birder to the beginning birder, we accept any and all, and we'll put uh, those people with appropriate groups. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And both of you said you said there's people, your regulars, you always send information out to because um, you know they're coming. So it yeah, sounds like it's a round, bit of a community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's different venues. Like I, under, I, p- I put a notice on the Nevada Listserv. Um, I put a notice on the Nevada Birds Facebook page. Lahant and Audubon has uh, all the different counts advertised. You'll see them in the local newspapers. Um, so there's various wa- – and then also on the Audubon website itself. A person could go on there and search for a circle w- near where they live or where they would want to – maybe participate and can see the information for that particular circle and count. So there's various ways of getting the, uh, getting the, the word out. Cool. Yeah. How, how many circles are there, you know? I have no clue. There's a ton It of sounds like there's a lot. Yeah, you look at some of the maps, you know, and they'll put a little yeah. check out there. And it, it pretty well covers the U.S. Hmm. It really does. So you show up, you're put with your group, and then you guys go and count and identify birds? Yep, within a certain area within the circle. Um, like in my area, we have nine or ten different subsections, and then we'll put groups in each subsection, uh, give them a list of all the potential birds they can see, and as they see them, just uh, start tallying them up. And at the end of the day, everybody comes back to, in my case, my house, and we have what we call the tally rally potluck where everybody brings food, and, and my wife puts out food, and we all eat and commiserate, have a few drinks. And then uh, after a little bit, we all sit down around a table and uh, tally up the numbers from each uh, section of the circle for each species. And then at the w- once everybody's done and leave, I add up the numbers and then enter that into the Audubon database online. Sounds like a good time. We're going to get into this more after this quick break. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back. Today we are talking about Christmas bird counts happening around our area. And right before the break, we were getting carried away, Rob. <laughs> uh, you guys were explaining Christmas bird counts, and they sound like such a good time. And then um, and how Rob turns his into a party. You turn yours into a huge party. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of the count leaders do. But, uh, in various it forms. sounds like it. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And well, do you do that too? You yeah, we had we had a real unique experience last year. Uh, the Minden count got cut in half because a snowstorm, a really good one, blew down out of Hope Valley and cut our circle in half. I mean, there was no counting on the south end of that circle. So we only ended up with half the bird count that we'd normally have. We yeah. had like 9,500 birds, you know, uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm used to being up in the high 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's a typical oh. bird count. So we got cut in half. But nonetheless, we we go back to the River Fork Ranch, which is Nature Conservancy's uh, center out there, and we have our dinner out there and do our tally and the whole thing. Well, blowing through 9,000 birds was no problem. So everyone sat around and started shooting this round table experience thing. And oh, that's we had, right, yeah. Yeah, we had guys like Rob that could tell bird stories forever. So it just became this informal round table. And that uh, feathered and furred program mm -hmm. that I talked to you about, that's where that originated. That's where that. That's where you get the uh, best ideas. Yeah, everyone's fun. sitting around just going. Everyone's sitting around talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I, what I was sad we didn't have enough beer to go all the way around for a couple <laughs> hours, and we would have had some great ideas. That's yeah. where uh, work all meetings should take place <laughs> around a table with food and beer. Yeah. Food and beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Food and beer up. and people that like to get yeah. outdoors and you know look at look at wildlife. Yeah. 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 So these sound like a lot of fun, and then you're going out and giving, I mean, you're getting really valuable information, mm -hmm. yep. and its I don't think that's too much to ask for. Well, it's its all fun. Uh, one of the things that I've, uh, that you think that the bird Audubon type attitude uh, is precludes hunting. Well, a good friend of mine is, a, he's a bow hunter, so he spends all his time hunched up in his uh, in his blind waiting for a deer to come by and then he says half the time i doze off and the deer's right there when i wake <laughs> up <and laughs> i scare him away and i got he's a birder as well i said why don't you just hang a hang a bird feeder out there and see what happens because the jays will be down on the bird feeder and they'll tell you when the deer show up and it's worked for him really <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's out there he's chumming the poor old deer to do his do his archery, but what he's doing is he's watching birds, and they're coming to the bird feeder. Wow. <laughs> so it's just one of those, you know, those things turn over. Yeah. But I, you know, hunting doesn't cause me any heartburn. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was I was raised shooting. If it flied, it died. I was one of those guys. And uh, Southern Arizona, I had my pick of all sorts of quail and and white winged dove coming out of Mexico. So, you know, I was, I was there. I was a shooter. Yep. Mm -hmm. And what you get used to is you get used to uh, having birds around. You know, I can get, you get used to looking at them. Yep. And now so here I am. I'm, now a, you're I'm a an old man. And yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it really could be for everyone. It is I mean, for everybody. Is, I mean, it is for everyone. Yeah. Hey, you can right. walk out the door with nothing, and you can always go birdie. You can just walk down the street and go birdie. 
Exactly. Yeah, you don't have to wait for one of these Christmas bird no. counts either. No. Um, Aaron and I, and I were just saying just this morning we were in um, driving through Washoe Valley and saw a big bald eagle. Mm-hmm. So cool. So we just get outside and look around, take in your surroundings. and. What I, what I like about it for me is that it's, it's caused me, you know, when I'm burning around the state of Nevada, it's taken me to parts of Nevada I otherwise wouldn't have not gone to and seen the beauty in such of areas that I probably wouldn't have gone to otherwise. And in doing these trips around, I've met people and made friends in different areas and gone to different places. So now it's more or less a tradition that I go to these same areas every year and try some new ones and see my old friends and go to my favorite haunts in those, those areas. Very cool. Yeah. And it's just so the birding is just like means it's 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 been a means for me to get out and out and about in the state that i otherwise probably wouldn't have done mm-hmm. yeah yeah you've probably seen some pretty cool spots yeah yeah that uh. you wouldn't think you know moving here from back east 10 years ago you know you people think of nevada as a big vast desert and well there's a lot of cool <laughs> cool springs and wetlands and lakes and ponds and other areas mountain you know of course the mountains uh, yeah, that and a lot of people that aren't here don't think about. Mm-hmm. I've had friends back east who are just shocked at the number of species that have been seen in Nevada. I was going to yeah. ask, what is what are some of the more unusual things you've seen in Nevada, um, birds that you wouldn't have expected to see here? Well, this past year, roseate spoonbill down at Ash Meadows. It's a bird that you typically, I, w- I would think it's of one in Florida. Pink. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, I guess there is maybe a small population down in Baja, California, and um, maybe that's uh, a remnant of what I saw or what a bunch of us birders saw uh, earlier in uh, in the year. Uh, maybe it was a straggler from one of those flocks down there. Um, so roseate spoonbill. I had a couple Arctic terns at Pyramid Lake in September, at the end of September. That was a nice surprise. If you don't recognize the names of these birds, look them up. It's yes. the um, roseate spoonbill, spoon and then the second one's the Arctic, Arctic tern. They really look like things you would not see here in Nevada. And the <laughs> Arctic tern, uh, in fact, does one of the longest migrations on Earth. Uh, I don't know oh if it's really? The longest, but I need to look up that. Yeah, one. they migrate from the Arctic down the Antarctica, I believe. Wow. Or down to southern southern so tip of South America. Yeah, they're down like there seven thousand, eight thousand mile migration, something like that. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the spoonbill looks like <laughs> what you would picture in, yeah. like, Florida. It almost looks it like yeah. a flamingo. It's yeah, it does. Pink. It's that color pink. Yeah. yeah. But then it Very has, pink. like, a scoop. Yeah, big spoonbill. Spoonbill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the name. the name. Yeah, the name yeah. sums it up. <laughs> I, I think it is the uh, Florida State Bird. Is it? Yeah. Florida State Spoonbill. Mm. And that that's where it actually belongs. And so to see it in Nevada. In the desert, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the beauty of this whole place. You know, the you look at the flyways, and there's one that comes down out of the uh, uh, Canadian prairies, and it splits up uh, in northern uh, northern Nevada. Mm-hmm. Some filter down into uh, Lovelock and on down on the uh, east slope of the Sierra. Right. And the other half goes straight down the Utah line huh. and end up down in Las Vegas at Paranagat which is another place Rob goes all the time, because they're always, they're traps. They're right. traps for those migrants. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's great to just know those. And all the people that want to do some birdie, just go camping in those areas. Right. You know, buy, a, buy a, a pair of binoculars and have at it. 
Call Rob. He'll know you. No, yeah. no, bird it is. Yeah. And birds are creatures of habit, I think. So yeah, you see are. them repeating the same areas every year. I mean, once it's imprinted on them, unless there's some external factor that might impact them doing it that particular year. Uh, yeah, so, I, I, I mean, I've seen birds on the same branch every year at the same location. Wow. Literally. You know, you could go up and walk up to a specific tree at a specific time of year in the spring. Or sp yeah, and there's the same there's the same bird that was there last year on that date and wow yeah yeah wow so rob cool. rob did this great presentation at the uh the last uh feathered and furred about owls owls and the pine nuts primarily mm -hmm. and it's just amazing to me how many what the variety in, uh, in the species of the owls are in there you know you think a oh, great horned owl and a barn owl there's oh, that's so many different owls. I'm yeah, and he's gone and that. found them all, and he's found them in our backyard. Crazy. <laughs> so call Rob, everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rob, it <laughs> yeah, Ten different species of owls have been seen in Nevada pretty regularly. The spotted owls, the, the rarer of, of, the, of the ten, but uh, there's been a few other species of owls that have been observed in the past, but generally it's the, those ten, there's the ten specific species. Wow, yeah. so much to see here in Nevada. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just know where to look and keep your eyes open. Exactly. <laughs> but a good way to get started is a Christmas bird count. Exactly, so yeah. Head to um, LahontanAudubonSociety.com, I think is their website. I could look that up and make sure. But it's if you Google Lahontan Audubon Society, it comes up. Yeah. Um, and then this information is so, we've touched on it a little bit, but it's really valuable. Like we've been seeing, um, there's been a ton of research about this massive bird decline and we're working. We want to rebuild those populations. But the reason we're able to know that is because of counts like this. This is information we wouldn't otherwise have. Correct. Exactly. You know, one of the first indicators of uh, that they used as evidence for uh, a climate uh, change was in, in plotting the the bird species within the Christmas bird counts, there's this decided 300 mile uh, long shift in most bird populations to the northwest taking hmm. place and they're, they're leaving one bird uh, uh, count area, one circle, and they're finding them over in another. And those things showed uh, this big migration and it became a thing, what is causing that? Hmm. Well, it was the the climate was warming, and they're going to a cooler northern uh, location, and that's just out that's of the Christmas bird counts. That. You know, yeah. that's that's all of us sitting around. Yeah. I do a feeder watch on mine because there's a lot of elderly folks that don't want to come out and get cold and walk around out in the in the you know in the in the in deserts here. Uh, so I just sit at your house every half hour or so, go out and count the number of birds you have on your feet right. and identify them exactly. and send me the information. And that's all included as part of the yeah. count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very true. And there's also the feeder watch in February, the backyard feeder watch. Right. So that's another source of information that's been used along with the Christmas count data to, to, to evaluate population trends. It's an easy way to do your part to help us sure. out, help scientists out, biologists sure. out, and track our bird populations around the U.S. So I have that website. It's nevadaaudubon.org, or you could look up Lahontan Audubon Society, and it goes there. Check out the different bird counts coming up. We appreciate you guys coming in. Thank you. Well, thank yeah, you. Thanks, guys. It's always Anytime. great to have you.
And thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.